0: So I'm probably similar to many of you in the fact that I'm not very good with technology. And for years, I ran my practice on a platform, a big platform that I had lots of issues with and never once was I able to get on the phone with somebody to actually help me out with the problem that I was having. This is one of the main reasons why we decided to switch over to PT Everywhere, because when we got set up, every time that we've had a problem, I can reach out to their customer service and I'm actually talking to another human being that knows what's going on with my platform that can help solve a problem for me and me not spin my wheels trying to figure out all by myself and wasting my entire day. It's one of the reasons why we love the platform so much. We love the people so much started by cash practice owner. And really the goal is to help practices, cash practices like ours grow scale and be as efficient as we possibly can be. So if you've been frustrated with lack of customer service, of somebody responding to you and helping answer your questions, look no further. PT everywhere does an amazing job by helping you be successful with their platform. So head over to pteverywhere.com and check out what they've got going on. So here's the question. How do physical therapists like us who don't want to see 30 patients a day, who don't want to work home health and have real student loans, create a career and life for ourselves that we've always dreamed about. This is the question. And this podcast is the answer. My name is Danny Matei, and welcome to the PT Entrepreneur Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Dr. Danny here with the PT Entrepreneur Podcast, and today we're talking about debt, in particular student debt. And, um, you know, I think many of you, uh, this is something that's a real issue uh, for you. It's a it's a real problem. Many of us come out of school with significant student debt. Uh, the the cost for education is incredibly high. Um, you know now in particular, and probably is going to continue to just go up. Um, you know for the for the foreseeable future, and it's a uh, a pain point, a stressor uh, in many people's lives because of the cost of repayment. And um, what I want to do is talk about the case for. Not paying your student loans off as fast as you can. And I think this is a bit contrarian to what many people um, uh, recommend. And let me preface this by saying there's really no wrong way to go uh, about this. Uh, You know, for me, when I came out of undergrad, Ashley and I, uh, we got married right after I graduated, and we had. Uh, student debt. We did accumulate student debt. She had a master's degree that she was um, uh, working on as well that we had debt from. Um, So we had about $50,000 in debt that we paid off uh, while I was uh, at the Baylor program in in the army. So my school was in the army. So I didn't have student debt from PT school, but undergrad I did and Ashley did from her undergrad and from her master's degree. My school was, um, it was a government, uh, program, you know, so it was, I was active duty. It was part of the program. I owed, you know, four and a half uh, years of uh, military service time on the back end um, for that commitment for them, you know, sending me to their, to their, uh, their school. So a little bit different in terms of debt, I guess it was a time debt instead of a uh, financial debt, but um, we still had student loans. And what we did was we just lived like misers for years. Um, you know, I tell a story about splitting a Chick-fil-A, you know, number one meal where Ashley and I would just split that and go walk around Costco <clears throat> and bed bought me on a target and just to look at shit we wanted to buy one day. And that was like our date night Friday for honestly, probably like two years. So, you know, we, that's the route that we took. We basically put everything we had towards, you know, your traditional debt snowball, um, the a la Dave Ramsey style, right. Uh, pay down everything that we could. And, um, you know, when we paid off all of our debt, it actually, we felt great. It was awesome. Like it was, uh, it was, it was huge you know and and uh, we felt like we had put ourselves in a really good financial position um and it was very beneficial for us going forward so let me preface this by saying if you decide you want to take all your extra cash you want to throw it at your student debt you're gaining a lot of fiscal responsibility with that i don't think it's a bad thing um that being said i do want to pose a different angle that you can look at this from in terms of um you know where you can put your money and cash flow in particular and looking at cash flow over debt so Cash flow is how much free cash you have per month. Um, you know whether that could be active or passive, but it's coming into your uh, account. Let's, let's just let's call it that, right? Coming into your ecosystem and your and, uh, accessible money for you and your family to use. Um, cash flow is something that I think that most people just don't really take into account um, in terms of financial freedom and and things that they can do or not do. But um, cash flow is probably the most important thing to look at from what I've learned, uh, running a business and really taking a deep dive into finance over the last um, really five years in particular, has become somewhat of an interest of mine, I guess, as interesting as you can, as, as interesting as finance can be it has been where, 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 I've kind of taken myself with, uh, with this, a lot of it is to be more knowledgeable about business decisions, uh, but also personal decisions in terms of what we're doing with, with, uh, money and looking at cash flow. So for those of you that have student loans, you know, there's two routes, right? So you can, you can pay everything off, um, as fast as possible, take all your extra money, throw it at your debt and, and really eradicate that as fast as possible and, and run it down. Um, like I said, which is, which is fine. The other option would be how can you improve, your cash flow, and what can you do to improve that actively, potentially, um, as well as passively. So one thing, if we look at cash flow, let's say you make $5,000 a month and your student loans are $1,000 a month. So if you take that out of the equation, you have $4,000 a month left over after that. Well, if you can do something like refinance or extend terms, and this is where I think it throws people off. They're like, "Man, if I extend terms and I go from let's call it ten-year term to a fifteen-year term, same interest rate, you're going to pay more in interest over time. That's true. You totally will. But your monthly payment is going to be significantly less. So let's say it's three hundred dollars less. So you extend your terms, and now it's three hundred dollars less. So let's say it's seven hundred dollars a month. You've increased your cash flow, your on-hand cash." Uh, by $300 just by extending terms or refinancing. So how can you get more free cash flow per month? Um, Because then you can utilize that and you can put that towards something else, which ideally is going to also increase your cash flow. So this is important. If you cannot put money into things that are going to help you generate more money or generate more, active income passive income or financial security you're better off just throwing it into debt because at least you know it's paying something down that you owe but if you can take that same approach and say well if i can increase my cash flow and i can do something that's going to help me make more money well what what does that look like on the flip side so let's just take this idea of um taking an additional 500 dollars a month and putting it towards uh, student loans that are uh, about uh, hundred thousand dollars so if you have a hundred thousand um, dollar if you have a hundred thousand uh, dollar student loan amount and it's on a 10-year term six percent it's about eleven $1, hundred dollars uh, a month so let's say you had an extra five hundred bucks for the first year per month that you could put towards that if you do that you're putting six thousand dollars towards your debt so 500 per month times 12 months is you're putting six thousand dollars towards your your debt. So that's $6,000 where your, your principal is going to go down. Uh, the, the amount that you, you, you own it, you also are paying some of the interest, right? So you're saving yourself about $2,000 in interest, and you're going to end up paying off that debt about eight months faster. If you take that $500 a month for the first year and you put it towards that. So you're saving $2,000 in interest and you're paying off your, uh, your debt about eight months faster which doesn't really actually sound like much. And it's really not. And part of it is you have to understand how loans uh, work. So this is based off an amortization schedule, meaning when you put extra money towards your, uh, your, your loans, you're, you're putting it towards the, what you owe the balance, right? But the interest on those loans is heavily front loaded, heavily front loaded. So think like if you are, if you have this same loan structure, hundred thousand uh, dollars in debt over a 10 year period, that first month you're paying $500 in interest. So it's $610 in principle going towards the actual loan. $500 is going towards the, the interest that, you know, they're, they're making off of you for having the loan, but it's, it's not even, it's not scheduled out evenly. Across the entire ten years, it's heavily front-loaded to the point where your last year, your last year uh, when you have these loans, you're paying as little as sixty dollars in interest. And this is where we get in this conversation of cash flow versus you know um, actually you know paying down debt. If you had a, a debt that you've already paid all the interest on, and you're at the very last year of your loan, why why would you pay that off faster? why would you take additional money away to save yourself 60 bucks a month in interest? You've already paid the majority of it. You might as well, um, you know, get the bank back a little bit by not giving their money back quite as fast. That's what banks want. They want you to pay them back faster. That's, that's the game that they play. They want you to pay that money back faster so they can loan it out again to somebody else for X amount of percentage, uh, you know, of, of interest, which is significantly higher than what you're getting on your checking account. So like not to go too deep into banks, but think about this, you put money in your checking and savings account, but it does, it's not actually there. Banks have to keep a small percentage of that. The rest they lend out. That's how they make money. It's called the velocity of money. You put it there, they lend it out and then they get it paid back. They lend it out again. So they might give you a point you know one five percent uh, dividend on your money in your checking and savings account, and yet they're gonna lend it out to you for six percent on student loans. So that's how they make so much money. It's a huge multiple in comparison to what they pay you to hold their hold your money, but then lend it out to somebody else for significantly more. So understand the way that these loans are uh, spaced out towards the end of them, they're not really costing you much on interest. It's almost one hundred percent principal. Now back to the same scenario, right? So you put $6,000 in, you have 500 bucks a month for a year. So $6,000 total, and then that's it. That's all you can put towards it, you know, nothing more. Um, that saves you $2,000 in interest, and it saves you eight months in what you owe, uh, you know, to, to pay that back. So let's just call it a little bit less than a year faster. Uh, so you do a nine and some change versus 10 years. What if you could take that same $500 in that year, and you could invest in, something like yourself, like learning a new skill or building your network and your skill sets so that you could actually increase your active income, make more money or make more money on something like a side hustle. This is where the math starts to get kind of interesting. So let's say you could take 500 bucks a month. For that first year, so six thousand dollars, and you invested it in yourself in learning a new skill or learning how to do something like a side hustle. And I'm just going to use the example of a really simple uh, side hustle of a uh, side hustle uh, cash practice. You know, this is a very simple model. Um, and let's say you can make 150 bucks a visit, and you get to the point where you get capped out. You never see any more than 10 people per month. You see 10 people per month in your side hustle. Maybe you see two people a week it, during the week. And then you see one person on the weekend, you know, occasionally in in, in the month. Uh, and now you're making, you know, you have 10 visits at 150 bucks a visit. So you're making $1,500 in your side hustle, which I can tell you is honestly not that hard to do to get to the point where you're seeing 10 people in a cash practice like that is not hard. So your side hustle, let say you just never even get it past where it's uh, where it's at, at $1,500 a month. You still have your, your monthly student loan payment, right? But now you've just generated an additional $1,500 per month for yourself. So same amount of money, $6,000, you put it towards your student loans, you save $2,000 in interest, and you pay it off eight months faster. You put $6,000 into yourself, you learn how to generate uh, $1,500 a month in a side hustle. And let's say it takes you that full year to get to a point where you actually do that. So we'll give you nine years um, of, the, of the 10-year loan term, if we're comparing this, uh, to be able to generate income. In those nine years, making 1500 bucks a month, it would equate to $162,000 of additional revenue, additional cash flow that you have earned for the same $6,000 that you would have put towards student loans to save yourself $2,000 in interest and to pay it off eight months faster. Now, you don't have to be a, a math genius, and hopefully this would make more sense You know, if we're writing this out, but just a comparison of the two, you generate an additional $162,000 because you learn a new skill, and you add more active income for the same amount of a $6,000 investment, or you save yourself $2,000 in interest, and you pay that student loan off eight months faster. Which one would you choose if, if given the choice, right? Most people are probably gonna take the additional $162,000 in revenue if they could. The problem is this. One is convenient and easy and doesn't require you challenging yourself in any additional way. You know, you can literally just work for somebody else, take every additional penny you have, throw it towards your debt, and and maybe you pay it off, you know, let's call it half the amount of time. You take everything you have and you throw it, throw it towards it, and you pay it off in five years. Well, during those five years, you've basically added no additional skill sets, no additional value to the marketplace. You're just working for somebody else so that you can pay down your student loans and and do so faster and then once you get to that point, then you can do something which for many people, they feel more comfortable when they have you know no uh, no debt and they feel like they can take a chance on themselves at that point, which I get. Well, what if you took that <clears throat> additional, money that you invested in yourself and you said, okay, I'm just going to throw this, you know, let's, let's call it a thousand dollars is what you're going to actually be able to, um, you know, put towards, uh, put, 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 towards your student loans instead of, um, 500 for, for a year, but you're able to put a thousand dollars per year to your student loans at that point, how much faster, you know, do you actually pay, that off? How much faster do you actually get down to where you know you don't have any debt left because you have increased your value to the marketplace? Because if you did that, you would have it paid off in about five years versus nine years <clears throat> if you only put $500 in for the first year. So you've added more value to the marketplace, you're increasing your active income, and then you can decide what you want to do with that. You could put it towards debt you could put it towards additional skills additional resources maybe you grow your side hustle into a full-time business that now you're able to double your income and now you're able to eradicate debt really quickly maybe you're able to you know put that towards other things that you want to do a down payment on a house that you want to you know be able to buy you've increased the amount of cash flow that you have, which allows you to take, uh, uh, take opportunities, um, as well as put yourself in different financial uh, places to make better decisions because you have the cash on hand. Cash is king, remember. So you can think of it one of two ways, right? Pay it down, go to the debt snowball route, which is, you know, what. Dave Ramsey has kind of made, made famous is what we did. We went through his, you know, methodology uh, as, as we, uh, we did that. I can tell you it works and it's miserable. <laughs> it's like putting money into an envelope system sucks. You know, when you're like, mm, man, I got like $200 for groceries and like I need $205. Cause I have to, <laughs> I really want to like get this other gallon of milk, uh, but I can't. So, you know, it's a, it's a very scarce uh, way of going about paying for things, um, you know, versus how can you, you know, make more. How can you make the pie bigger? How can you have more abundance and focus on those things by improving the value that you bring to the market, marketplace? Which means you're going to get paid more. And something as simple as a side hustle, you know, where you're making an additional fifteen hundred bucks a month, is so achievable in basically any city in the entire country. Um, with you know whatever your skill set is, whatever the niche demographic is that you want to work with, like you just don't know how to do it. That's the thing. It's a skill set you don't have. It doesn't mean you can't learn it. Shit. You went to a graduate school you have a doctorate you're smart you can learn many things you just don't know what you don't know in most cases and investing yourself is a way to increase your cash flow accelerate your cash flow in many cases significantly so that you can then you know take care of the other things you need to from a debt standpoint if you decide that's the way uh, to go i don't think carrying debt is a bad thing if you're leveraging it effectively you know, it's not um, it's not something that you want to have a bunch of debt off of. You know, buying a bunch of clothes and a and a car that depreciates. It's very different. Y- your education was an investment, right? Uh, you-, you paid a hundred thousand dollars <throat> to get that degree. Now, here here's the really interesting thing: you paid hundred thousand dollars to get a degree that teaches you how to make sixty five thousand dollars working for somebody else right out of school. Why would you not spend six thousand dollars to learn how to increase what you're making with your own degree? At the same time, if you invested in yourself to learn how to make a side hustle uh, functional or significantly more than that, as you learn the skills of sales and marketing in particular, you make yourself very much more valuable to the marketplace. This could be done in person or virtually. The other thing, some people like they're like, no, dude, I don't want to be in person, but hey, if you know how to build out uh, training programs for people, you know how to build out workouts um, or you have a niche specific you know, uh, knowledge base in a coach uh, role of some sort, you can do that virtually. You can do that from anywhere and you can fulfill on these things that people want. Like what should they be doing for a training program? What kind of mobility work should they be doing? I know people that do specifically breathwork programming, you know, and charge 200 bucks a month to do that, <laughs> you know, just like building out breathwork cadences, but they're able to uh, solve a problem and they, they position that and they're, they're picked for it. Uh, and it's part of their, their business model. So understand your, 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 your most valuable asset is you, the most valuable asset is your skill set and your networks. Who do you know? who and what do you know? And then leveraging that in a way where you can actively increase your cash flow is the most it's the most straightforward path to uh, financial security, which is what many people want. Um, not having debt is part of that, but are there more uh, are, are there faster ways to do that? Is there more velocity associated with other things? And this is just a slight way of changing. You know your viewpoint on how you can get rid of debt. Is debt necessarily a bad thing? Is it better to extend terms to decrease overall payment and your cash flow? And yes, there's a difference in interest rates, uh, interest paid over time totally, but in comparison to what you can make from an active income standpoint by changing some things and increasing your value in the marketplace and what you're able to earn, is it negligible in some way in comparison to the extra income that you could earn? You just kind of have to do the math on that and figure out what the right fit is for you. And for most people, if they could make an extra 1500 bucks a month in a side hustle, well, they would do it. They just don't think they can do it. They don't know how to do it. Um, and that's where investing in yourself comes into play and understanding that you're upgrading your skill set, which is a investment, not a cost, huge difference. And, and looking at that as is this an investment and it's cost. Is this gonna help me make more money? Is gonna help me provide more for my family? Is it gonna help me you know, with fi- financial stability over time? That's an investment. If this is gonna be a depreciating asset, if this is gonna be no return whatsoever, it's a liability. You're, you're, you're investing in something that's a depreciating asset. So keep that in mind. Hopefully, not to go too down the rabbit hole in a financial lesson on this, uh, with with too much verbiage on that. But just from a clarity standpoint, I want to give you an idea of a little bit more of a contrarian way of looking at that. Those of you that are looking at this and say, like, yeah, man, I would I would definitely like to upgrade my skill set. Um, you know, that's one thing that our team does. Head to ptbiz.vip you know, fill out a survey, jump on, a will call one of our team members and we can help you get really clear on where you should be spending your time, your money, energy, uh, based on what your goals are and, and, uh, what you're looking uh, to do. And if this is sort of like got your brain spinning a little bit, good. I hope so. Because most people are not taught this. I was not taught this. Um, I didn't learn this until I started getting into business for myself and getting around other business owners that were very financially intelligent and, uh, and, and started to figure out that, many of the things that I thought were just what I was supposed to do were, were not right. And they were, it's what's told to people that are, um, you know, essentially the the, the middle class gets this kind of information quite a bit. You know, it's just, uh, pay down debt, you know, be super conservative, never get, take any loans on always, you know, take a 15 year mortgage over a 13 or 30 year mortgage. It's like, that is what the average person is told, but the wealthiest people in the world do not do that they don't. So this is the way that they look at those things. And um, so hopefully this, this helps kind of give you another, uh, another way of looking at money, at debt, at your skills, at like what that can do for you over time. And do the math yourself. You know, see see what that looks like. Uh, there's plenty of calculators online where you can type different things in different scenarios. Uh, but do the math on you adding some extra income to your own, uh, you know, monthly uh, cash flow and what that does for you over time, and the decisions you can make, and the people you can support, uh, and the chances you can take on yourself as well. You know, to really accelerate your your income, your take home. Um, but you can't do that if you don't know how to do that. And That's step number one. You have to upgrade your skill set. So, guys, as always, thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Hey, wait a minute. Just to let you guys know, we are closing in on 200 views on iTunes. That's crazy. Most podcasts hardly get to 100 reviews, let alone 200, and this is such a niche-specific PT business podcast. That's wild. So let's try to rally the troops and get to 200 reviews for this podcast. The first thing you need to do is you got to sub- subscribe to this sucker, whether it's on iTunes or any other platform that you're listening to on, so you know when new episodes are coming out. The next thing, make sure that you leave a review. I'd love to hear what you have to say. I read all of them. It means a lot to me. Next thing, guys, take a screenshot of whatever episode you're listening to and put it in your stories on Instagram and tell tag me in it. That's at Danny PT. If you do this, I will repost it. So you'll get a bump. I'll get a bump. We'll share this information with a lot more people because that's the goal, guys. We want to get this information in front of a lot more people. So take a screenshot, share it on Instagram stories, tag me in it, and I will repost it. So here we go. Let's try to get to 200 reviews for the podcast. Thanks for listening.